The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. What is the purpose of your life? Do you know? Do you think you should know? Well, let's just hold on a minute now. What if you knew that you could not know the purpose of your life until it was over? Would that change your feeling about your life? See, many of us have been taught that we must know our life's purpose so that we can get in line with it. The superfluous they tell us that there is one specific purpose for each life, and we do, if we do not get in touch with it, we will have lived a failed life. So many of us are going to forestall their plans until they can get a clear purpose, a clear on their purpose. So a lot of people, even at 30, 40, and 50, and even later, are still saying, I wish I could talk to somebody who could tell me my life's purpose. Well, today, we're going to talk about your life's purpose. So you're going to be here for the whole show. And I want to make an announcement, a special one today. Uh, Oprah's new Super Soul Sundry series beginning on February the 8th at 11 Eastern and Pacific is coming out. And it's a special one that matches the goals of the Authentic Living Show perfectly because she's going to be talking to Richard Rohr, the author of The Search for Our True Self. So you might want to be there for that. And we'll be talking about that show more throughout the show today. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, and we're also going to be announcing more about the show that comes right after that one, so you want to stay here for that. So let's talk a little bit about purpose. The purpose of your life. So somewhere in the last 20 years, people decided that we should know our purpose. We should know what we're here for. We should know what we're, we're going to accomplish. And I, my theory is that that came along around the same period of time that we began to be very goal-driven. So most people were asked, what's your goal for the, you know, the five-year demarcation line? What, what, are you going to be, what are you going to be doing with your life in 10 years? So people were supposed to, people that were going to be, uh, you know, somebody, they were supposed to have their life marked out in a period of years. And they were supposed to uh, have plan A and B and C for each one of those years so that you know, if plan, plan A didn't work, they had plan B. And if plan B didn't work, they had plan C. And so nothing could really keep them off getting their goal. And the goal, ultimate goal was they were going to earn $10 million by the year when they were 35 years old, X, Y, Z, something like that. So they knew their purpose. They were Their purpose was to earn $10 million by the age of 35. And from that kind of thinking, 
the spiritual community, be it Christian or, or New Age or New Thought or Human Potential or more Eastern, well, probably less more Eastern, but, <laughs> but a lot of us in the Western world in the spiritual sort of mindset said to ourselves, well, you know, we should be able to outline our purpose in the same way, our spiritual purpose in the same way. And so we started talking about uh, things like that book that came about out about five, ten years ago called The Purpose Driven Life. That was mostly a Christian-oriented book, but it, it, it was one of those of the many, whether they were New Age, New Thought, Human Potential, or Christian books, they all basically were saying the same thing. You should know your purpose. You should know your life's purpose, and you should be working toward that. And along with that came the idea that we should also be able to control the universe through something called the law of attraction. And if you've been listening to the show very long, you know that I've written a book called The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. And the reason I wrote that book is because I had so many clients who would come in to see me and say to me, you know, I just can't figure it out. I have been working on this law of attraction stuff. I've, I've been doing my affirmations daily. I've been meditating on the object of my desires daily. I have been, um, you know, trying to let it go the rest of the day. I have been uh, visualizing my, my, uh, the object of my desire, the thing that I'm trying to attract. I have been, I have created a vision board. I've created two or three vision boards. I got one in my car. I got one in my house. I got one in my backyard. I have vision boards and I am doing the work of the law of attraction. But you know what? I have not yet attracted one single thing on my vision board. What is wrong with me? And, you know, when people ask that question, what they want to know is what I'm doing, what am I doing wrong? And what does, how does that, what does that say about me as a person? And what became very clear to me was that, of course, they were not doing anything wrong. They were trying to bargain with the universe through some kind of game we've played that's called the law of attraction. Now, I'm not saying we don't attract things. I think we do. But I don't think we attract according to this, the setup that was uh, engaged by the books like The Secret and the, the um, Esther and Jerry Hicks books that just launched this huge let's get rich thing going on in America. And people have begun to slowly get a little bit more realistic about that. But there are still a lot of people out there working to try to make their dreams come true. And they feel like they've failed if they can't do it. And they're doing something wrong. Other people have managed to make their dreams come true with the work of the secret or the law of attraction or the purpose-driven life or one of those things. What's wrong with me? How come I can't do that? Well... There's nothing wrong with you. If you're one of those people, there's nothing wrong with you. There is something wrong with the way we've interpreted the law of attraction. Because the true law of attraction, and if you want to read the book, it's, it, it really, deli- uh, really um, clearly delineates how it is that we've misunderstood this law so badly and how it is that the true law of attraction really does work. Because here's the true law of attraction. We are attracted to and by all those things, places, people, events, and circumstances that are going to bring us closer and closer, lifetime after lifetime, to knowing who we are as divine beings. That's it. 
That's the true law of attraction. Our soul does its work. The soul does the work of the law of attraction. It is not something we can mentally contrive and decide, I'm going to have what I want because, by golly, I can make the universe do what I want it to do. It doesn't work that way. So that, that whole idea belies the idea of surrender, and so does the goal-oriented life. It says, I will not surrender. I will not let go for one second of my purpose-driven life. I am going to have what I want. Okay. So that's how we got this idea that we were supposed to have a purpose in life, that life was supposed to carry a special meaning for us, and we were supposed to know what that purpose was from early on and carry that purpose with us all the way through life. Now, I do happen to know a few individuals who have known for since they were little what they wanted to be when they grew up. My son is one of those people. He was uh, interested in rocks from the time that he was five years old. And by the time he was uh, 12 or 13, he was getting real excited about finding out that silver was polar, which I didn't know what the heck that meant. Uh, and, and, of course, he went into geology and now is mineral- mineralogist. So, and he's very happy doing what he, what he loves. So uh, that's just that there are some people that do that. I didn't do that, and um, there are other people in my family that didn't do that. He just happened to be one of the people who knew real early what he wanted to do. Now, we could all look at that and say, well, we should all be like him. We should know what we want to do in an early life, and that's what a lot of these people who are going around telling us that we should know our purpose are, are kind of insinuating, that we have done something wrong if we don't know our purpose yet. But here's the thing. I, I'm, you know, one of those people that what likes to understand the meaning of words, and I have been in the process of writing another book, which I hope to be out this year or early next year, um, in which I do a lot of delineation of words that are found in some of the sacred scriptures. And um, so I decided to look up the word purpose in the Greek language, and that word is hina, and it means for the purpose that. So it's looking to the aim of, it's, it's looking for an intended result. It's, it's a kind of a verb, verbal idea. And um, so it's, it's a more of a dramatic kind of way of expressing purpose. It's not necessarily just a, you know, flat, well, you just, this is the way this happened. Um, and so then I decided to look up intention. But in the Greek language, there was no direct word for intention. The closest you got to it was one that was not really surprising, but kind of. Cardia, which means heart. It is the effective center of our being, and it is the desire producer. And uh, one, one person from uh, Strong's Concordance, a man named G. Archer, decided that it meant our desire decisions that establish who we really are. I really like that definition. So the heart is the desire dire- decision that establishes who we really are. Now... <clears throat> Most of us don't have a clue who we are, <laughs> so that's going to make it a little harder for us to figure out what our purpose is. Most of us, in fact, have been taught to be something other than who we are because our families and our societies, our cultures within societies, want us to be a certain way. They want us to talk a certain way and walk a certain way and dress a certain way and think a certain way and act a certain way, and we, by law, in large part, comply with that. Um, and 
and some of that is very, very dysfunctional so that we can have roles like the scapegoat role or the black sheep role or the lost child role, the clown role, the uh, victim role, the superhero role, the superwoman or superman role, the, the uh, bully role. Those are all roles that we can play when we come from dysfunctional families of origin that will put us in an identity and a way of thinking, a way of feeling, and a way of acting that isn't true to who we actually are, but does help us think we're going to survive a little bit better. Particularly, we will survive that particular family that we happen to have been born into. So there's a lot more of that information in the book that I wrote first called Restoring My Soul, a workbook for finding and living the authentic self. If you want to look at that book, it's a real workbook, and it does help people get in touch with the role and with the authentic self. But uh, So I'm not going to go into a lot of depth about that right now, but I, but I want to say that if the heart, if intention is the heart, which is our desire decisions that establish who we really are, then getting in touch with our desires are very important. And there's more to that because the word Jehovah, which was one of the original words for the God of the ancient Israelites, is Hue, the existing one. And the primitive root word of that is Hye, if I can say that correctly, and it means to be. And that word is rooted in Hua, which means to desire. So that's how close uh, this thing about intention is to our spiritual nature. It is the very definition of the divinity within us. Desire is extremely important. Problem is, we have a hard time separating out desire, our own desire, from what other people desire for us, or from what we think we have to do to please other people. Or from what um, what goals we might establish to sort of erase our past, or from uh, addictions, we have a hard time discerning desire separate from those other things, and that's why this whole thing about finding our purpose is going to be an inside job, and it. It's going to take us longer than five minutes, <laughs> and it's going to take us longer than sitting in a room with a piece of paper and establishing the goals for the ten, next ten years. That's not, that's not going to get us to our truest desires. Most of the people that I know who have sat down with a pen and a piece of paper, paper and <clears throat> excuse me, made up a, a, a framework for what's going to be happening with them in the next ten years – have made goals that are relative to what society think calls success. So a, a house, a car, a relationship, children, uh, money, money being the first of those probably. And, uh, and so we, we've got this idea about this will make me into a worthy person. If I have these things, then I will be a worthy person. So here's my goals, and I'm going to discipline myself and put myself in that groove, and I'm going to just keep going around in that groove until I get there. And what that does is, is it's all about constraint, and it's all about contrivance. It has nothing whatsoever to do with surrender to that deeper divine nature where desire lives. 
So I've known some of those people who have lived and actually worked with some of those people who have lived those lives, striving after those goals. And they are trying so hard not to know how miserable they actually are. Um, They drink a lot. They smoke a lot. They jump from relationship to relationship a lot. They are, um, are, are driven toward that goal. But along the way, they are missing out on the self. And they will probably get that goal. They will probably achieve it because they are that driven to get it. And when we set our mind to something, we, we can get it for the most part. When we really push ourselves to do something, we can do it. But are we happy? And if we're not, are we really in line with our purpose? Are we really in sync with that intention that is the heart? That, that is our desire decision that establishes who we really are? I've talked to a lot of people over the years as a, a clinician, and what I have heard so many times is people who know everything about their partner, everything about their children, but nothing about their own desires. They know what that child wants, or at least they think they do. They know what that husband or that wife wants, at least they think they do. And they live that out, and they try to get it for those people because that's what they're, they, they think they're here to do. But actually, they're living out a role of superwoman, of superhero, of rescuer, of caregiver. They're living out a role. They're not living into something real. Because they don't even know who they are. You can ask them a question like, do you like pickles? They don't know. Do you like chocolate ice cream? I don't know. Do you like to go to the park on Saturday? I don't know. They don't know. Because they don't pay any attention to what goes on inside them. They're paying attention to what's going on inside their partners and their children and their parents or whoever it is they're trying to take care of. At least they think they are. Because we don't really know what's going on inside another person. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with couples where one of them says to the other, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking la, 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 And then one of them goes, what? That's not even close to what I'm thinking. Where did you get that? So there's so many times when we think we know what's going on with the other person that we're so close to. And we haven't a clue. And one of the reasons is because we've never asked them. And the reason we've never asked them is that's too vulnerable. And vulnerability gets us down to that inner world where we're closer to the heart, where we're closer to our desire decisions that establish who we really are. So vulnerability is going to be very important to us finding our purpose. And here's the thing that I want to say that I think is really, really important. I'm not sure you have to be able to put your purpose in words This is my life's purpose. I know that I'm here to do X, Y, and Z. I'm not sure you have to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, I would try to steer clear of that. (laughs) That would be my best advice, is to steer clear of trying to define what it is that you're here to do. Uh, You are here to do this. Well, here's what you're here to do. You are here to live your life fully, absolutely as you, as your authentic self. If you're not doing that, then... Perhaps we can work with that and help you learn how to do that. But even that doesn't mean you've failed because even that is a pathway to your authentic self. Because the psyche is always leaning toward wholeness. There is no way to fail your psyche. 
in this lifetime, and I believe, you can choose what you believe, but I believe there are many of those. So in this particular lifetime, I'm here to gain some information about maybe just a few things. And I'll carry that information with me into the next life. And I'll take that and build on that in the next life and learn a few more things. And in the next life, I'll learn a few more things. All the time, I'm getting closer and closer to knowing who I am as a divine being. And that would be a general purpose for all of us as I see it. So let's think about that for a few minutes while we take a break. We're going to be back in just a minute. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a PhD, 
of Doctor of Ministry, or in the Holistic Theology Program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www. Dot A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. Or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And I want to tell you, remind you a little bit more about, I told you that uh, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday series is coming back on February the 8th. This Sunday at 11 Eastern and Pacific, she's going to be talking with contemporary theologian and author Father Richard Rohr about how we can reconnect to our true self by overcoming the many years, the many ways our ego blocks our path. A Franciscan priest for more than 40 years and founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Richard has firsthand understanding of how silence and meditation, deeper spiritual intuitions, and the inherent experience of love can lead to transformational discoveries within the self. So you want to be there for that. It's just a great follow-up for our show, uh, the Authentic Living Show series. And uh, so I really want to encourage you to be there, 11, Cent- um, excuse me, 11 Eastern and Pacific on own network so we're talking today about your purpose in life and uh what we just said before the break was i'm not sure that i agree that we should have it outlined in words Uh, generally speaking our purpose is to live completely fulfilled as the unique individual we are beyond that uh the process of of being in intention which is what so many people are talking about now. When we talk about the law of attraction, we talk about uh, the secret, all those things, people use the word intention quite a bit. Now, again, I want to say that I don't believe the law of attraction, as it has been taught in its popular mode, is the correct um, rendition of the law of attraction. I believe, and my book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, Um, really stipulates that the law of attraction is this. We are attracted to and by all of those things, places, people, events, and circumstances that will bring us closer and closer, lifetime after lifetime, to coming to know who we really are as divine beings. That is, is the soul's intention. And the soul's intention is working in and through everything else we do. So suppose that I make a decision to go to New York and take a job as a executive in some uh, uh, Hatsi Tatsi corporation. 
Well, I can just tell you right now, that is not me. <laughs> that, that will never be me and has never been me. And uh, I am not executive material and don't want to be. I am a counselor and a uh, psychotherapist and, and a writer, and that's who I am, and some other things as well. But um, <clears throat> let's say I did that. Let's say I was driven for money and I said, oh, man, there's this great opportunity. I've got some leadership capacities. I know how to do this. And actually, I do consult with corporate uh, entities about the soft skills and communication and things like that. And I do some executive coaching. So, yeah, I could tell myself I knew how to do that. I could just go and be an executive. I've been in management for, you know, a period of time, maybe 10, 14 years. And so I should know something about this. This this is why I know how to do this. I can do this. I'll go do this. And I'll earn lots of money and I'll be a rich person and I'll be then I'll be somebody. So let's say I do that. I put down that purpose and I go do it. And I end up in this job and I'm working really hard and I'm trying to succeed and I'm trying to get there, but I don't realize that I'm miserable inside. This is not me. And I just keep working, driving myself, getting up in the morning, discipline myself to go do my jogging and go do my work and go to, you know, drink the right amount of coffee, socialize with the right number of people. Just do this thing. Get this thing right. And one day I crash and burn. One day I just have had enough. And my emotions erupt. They come sneaking out from behind the barriers. I've hidden them behind for years. And boom, I don't even know what I'm saying or what I'm doing. And then what? Then I've just ruined a whole lot of stuff that I had going for me. Or at least I think I have. So now what? What do I do with all these emotions that are laying that on the floor now? i got to clean up. What? Do I just stuff them back in there? Probably. That's probably what a lot of us do. We stuff it back in there and we... We tell ourselves that, well, I'm going to be okay now. That, that was just a blow up. Everybody has one of those one now and then. And, you know, let's just get back to business. Let's just get on with it and do what we got to do. So we put all that away. We tell ourselves we didn't really mean it, and we move forward. And then a while later, it happens again. And it begins to happen with more frequency. And it begins to happen with more intensity. And people begin to wonder, what the heck is going on with me? And I begin to wonder what the heck's going on with me. And maybe if I'm smart, I'll go to a therapist who will help me figure out what's really going on. The truth is I'm probably in a spiritual crisis. I'm probably erupting from the inside out, which is a spiritual crisis. I'm at a place where my spirit, my soul is longing to manifest itself on the planet and has not been allowed room to breathe But by golly, I've accomplished my successful goals. This happens to so many of us in so many different ways. We hear so many times about celebrities who have, excuse me, gained so much and then lost it all. Why did they do that? Some part of them was not either, either not sure that they deserved what they'd gain or they were not sure they really wanted what they had or something. Something's going on there. What it is, is probably very individual. But it happens, and we see it happen a lot. Even uh, uh, famous people killing themselves with drugs. Killing themselves without drugs. So we, what is success? Well, I say success is fulfilling my authentic desires. So let's talk a little bit about what an authentic desire is and what it isn't. An authentic desire is not an addiction. Let's start there. That's pretty simple to to clarify, 
if I want, if I'm an addict, an alcoholic, let's say, make it pretty simple. If I'm an alcoholic and I want another beer, that is not an authentic desire. I mean, we're clear on that, right? I don't really have to talk about that a whole lot. My addiction is killing me. And maybe there is a dark, shadowed desire for me to die. But I'm also still here, so there must be a desire for me to live in there as well. And which one am I going to live out? And that's an important question. So so we want to get to something a little more life-enhancing than that. And by life-enhancing, I don't mean success in this society terms. I mean things that give me joy. Things that wake me up and make me feel alive and make me want to dance and sing and shout and notice the tiny little beautiful things that are all around me all the time. Things that make me feel that breathing in and out is this vast miracle. That is living. And short of that, there are many other options. Many other options for how we can live. So, okay, addiction uh, a desire that comes out of addiction is not authentic, okay? We're clear on that. <clears throat> One of the desires that we frequently try to manifest is those that seem to erase the past. So today, I'm going to have, I'm going to become the CEO of that big corporation because my past was poverty-stricken. And I lived in a great deal of shame and people mocked me and people bullied me at school because I was po- poor. I wore the wrong kind of tennis shoes to school and people made fun of my tennis shoes because I was poor and I didn't have money to go out and buy Nikes. So I'm going to be a CEO and I'm going to show them. Okay. So what that means is they have come to take over your head and your heart and your life and they are winning. They, the bullies, the people who made fun of you, the people who shamed you, they are running your life now. Is that really what you want? Because if it's not, <coughs> excuse me, there are other options. You might want to consider what gives you joy. What is it that gives you joy? Now, that's probably going to be a little harder to find. And we're going to talk about how you can go about finding that in just a few minutes. But we're clear now that going after something just to erase the past is not an authentic desire. Going after something to, to uh, measure up to some standard of worthiness is also not an authentic desire. So if the world says the standard is I should have X amount of money, drive an X car, have a wife or, or a husband and, or a partner and <clears throat> 2.5 children, then and I go after that and I think that's what I'm supposed to do, then I am fooling myself I am telling myself that the world knows what's best for me and again they the great superfluous they is ruling my life they are telling me what I want what I should achieve and how I'm going to measure up to the standard that they have said is the only standard who says they're right who says that X number of children and X amount of money and X kind of car and X... Who says that's success? Who decided that? Did you decide that? Because if you didn't, it's not really yours. So again, 
deciding that we're going to accomplish X number of goals because that's what society says is success is not the same as authentic desire. And it's hard for us to separate that out. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm having a little trouble talking today. Um, it's hard for us to separate that out because our our desire to fit in and to be worthy overrides our consciousness that we're not doing anything authentic. We want to be worthy. We want to feel no shame. And a sense of unworthiness comes from a deep-seated shame that says I'm not worthy until I X, Y, and Z. And so becoming vulnerable enough to, to see the shame, to name it as shame, and to say it has no validity is part of the journey of finding your authentic desire. All right, so those three things are not authentic desire. Um, and what authentic desire is, is more about life. It's more about what makes me feel alive, as I said. And so, okay, how do we go about finding what that is? Well, what I recommend to people is to start really small. Start with some really small steps like get up in the morning and ask, well, before you go to bed at night, ask yourself, what time would you like to get up? Now, I'm not saying go in late every day to work, okay? I'm not suggesting that you immediately start jerking your job around. I am suggesting that you ask yourself when you would like to wake up. Now, I'm not saying you will do that. I'm just saying you'll just become a little more aware of your own biorhythms. Do you like to stay up late at night and stay up, sleep in in the morning? Is that your natural biorhythm or is that just something you've done to escape things? Do you stay in a fantasy world till 2 o'clock in the morning and then you finally let yourself go to sleep? What's really real there? Um, but after you wake up in the morning, you can start off by, what would I like for breakfast? Would, what are my taste buds? What does my biology want this morning for breakfast? If you think about eggs and it kind of makes you go, yeah, no, I don't, ugh, no, I don't want that. You think about cereal, no, 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 that's not it. Think about a cup of tea and a, uh, um, you know, some grits or something else that you like, a fruit, uh, and your and your your body kind of goes, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what you go with. Go do it. And you start in those ways, just doing the things that. Make your body and your mind and your heart get in sync with each other. Um, what kind of clothes do you want to wear that way today? To that day to work, not what should you wear, not what is Sally or Joe or Mary or John going to think if you wear X, Y, and Z. But what do you want to wear today? Now, again, I'm not saying go risk your job. Within certain parameters, there are options you have. Okay. So maybe eventually you will want to get rid of that job. But right now we're going to start small, okay? Right now we're just kind of looking at what do you like? What kinds of things do you do? Kind of really get your juices going. They'd say, wow, I really like to wear that today. Yeah, that, that would feel good on me. I feel alive in that. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about. And getting in touch with that might be a lot of trial and error because – we tend to think in terms of what other people want from us rather than what we want for ourselves. So getting in touch with our authentic desires, 
is going to involve some experimentation. So know that. Know that you're going to, you know, get involved in some things and go, yeah, this was not it. Mm-mm, this is not what I want to be doing. I thought I wanted coffee, but yuck, I don't want this coffee. Or I thought I wanted to wear this to work, but, uh, you know, this is too tight. It feels uncomfortable. I don't really want to be wearing this. So it's something you take with you to the next time. You get information as you go. It's trial and error. But it's you asking your authentic self to come forward and tell you more about your authentic desires. So it's a place to start. So we're going to stop right there and take a break. We'll be right back right after this. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in to Spirit Speaks every week for advice just for you that is channeled from Divine Source. Host Amiya is a spiritual teacher and guide who helps listeners actively develop their full potential. Each program includes a channeled soul reading and is ready to discuss the teachings with you every week. Topics include a variety of religious and spiritual aspects, plus healing modalities and intuitive development of self. Spirit Speaks can be heard live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. The Help Self Inspiration continues. February 8th, a brand new soul-stirring own original series. It's never too late to transform your life in deep shift with Jonas Elrod following Super Soul Sunday only here. Okay, so I told you what was coming up this Sunday on Super Super Soul Sunday. And right after that at 12 p.m. to 12.30 Eastern and Pacific in deep shift with Jonas Elrod comes on. And on this one, he's going to be talking about chronicling Mary Neal's life. Now, Mary Neal was a, a woman of science uh, who had a near-death experience. 
She's an accomplished orthopedic spine surgeon, and her near-death experience gave her lots of information about what would happen in the future um, and uh, surprising messages about what was going on when she was unconscious. Her memoir is To Heaven and Back, A Doctor's Extraordinary Account of Her Death, Heaven, Angels, and Life Again, A True Story. And when filmmaker Jonas Elrod visits her at home at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, he gains deeper understanding of Mary's journey as he chronicles her deep shift which she says began with redefining life by new terms, balancing science and spirituality. So you want to see both of those. Look for uh, the own, uh, your own TV network and go to Supercell Sunday at 11 on Sunday, February the 8th. Watch that and then watch In Deep Shift with Jonas Elrod at 12 to 12.30 Eastern and Pacific. So we're talking today about your purpose and, uh, and what we've said so far is that it's not necessarily so that you have to know what your purpose is, that, that your purpose is to live life. Generally speaking, everyone's purpose is to live life, fulfilling themselves uh, as authentic beings completely as much as possible. Um, but in terms of what that is specifically for each individual, it can be a lot of different things all at once. It doesn't have to be one, I'm going to do this. And this is my purpose. I'm here to love people. I'm here to heal people. I'm here to prophesy to people. I'm here to, you know, that stuff, it makes us too limited. It gives us yet another identity to identify with, to say, this is my I am. And your I am is as vast as the universe. So pinning it down to one thing might be limiting yourself in a way that keeps you from fulfilling your life. So I, I don't encourage people to say, now I've got to go find my purpose and, and to, to pin it down to something. What I do encourage is for people to get in touch with that. We said at the beginning of the show that the, the word intention in Greek is cardia, heart. And we said that, the, uh, that in Strong's Concordance, there's a, um, a guy named G. Archer who says that the heart or our intention is our desire decisions that establish who we really are. And, and we also said that... The word Jehovah, the final root word of Jehovah is Hua, to desire. So we get that close to the divine in us by fulfilling our deepest, most authentic desires. We spent some time talking about what is not an authentic desire. And now we're trying to talk just a little bit about how a person goes about getting in touch with an authentic desire. And we said that it was an experiment and that, that you could start off by asking yourself in the morning what what you know what you wanted to eat for breakfast what you want to wear to work what would you like to say to your boss now i know that a lot of us would like to say a lot of really awful things to our bosses but i'm not encouraging that but i am encouraging you to get in touch with what that is that is disturbing you about your boss because that can tell you more about what you truly desire in your life the more you know about how you feel about all kinds of things in your life the more you get in touch with what you truly do desire. So what we're taught so many times, unfortunately, by so many of our spiritual teachers is to stay out of touch with our emotions, particularly the ones that are considered to be negative emotions. Now, I'm here to tell you there's no such thing as a negative emotion. All emotions are just emotions, just like waves on the ocean. They have no good or bad value. They're just emotions. And so when an emotion becomes apparent to us, 
we want to give it a label. We want to say, well, this is a bad emotion. I shouldn't be feeling this. And we give ourselves all kinds of disclaimers so that when we finally, particularly in the South, if we finally do decide to tell somebody about what we're feeling about something that's what someone might call a negative emotion, well, we're probably going to say a disclaimer first. We're probably going to say, you know, this is really an awful feeling, but blah, here's my feeling. Uh, or this is terrible to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, so when when that happens, what we're doing is negating our own way into the authentic self. We're, we're, we're putting a big heavy wall between us and the pathway to our own authenticity. What I'm not saying is that every emotion is accurate or that it will tell us what we should do next. So, for example... You know, somebody rips off in front of me on the freeway and I would like to get my uh, James Bond car out and scrape them off the road. That doesn't mean I'm going to do that. It just means that I'm aware of the feeling. And the feeling is has to do with my ego, uh, my sense of, oh, you just shamed me by, you know, making, making me feel small and inadequate. Or it might be about my fear that you're going to hurt me. Um, and so... And if it's about fear, I might need to be doing something to protect myself from you. So some of our emotions will lead us to decisions that will will be helpful. Some of our emotions are just information that tell us what's really going on inside of us. But all of them have value. And when we we tell ourselves not to feel them, oh, that's a negative emotion, I shouldn't feel that, what we're doing is keeping ourselves from knowing what we really desire. Because how can I know what I do desire? If I don't know what I don't desire. That's really important. And so we've got so much information out there about what's positive and what's negative. You know, we're supposed to always be thinking positive thoughts and we're supposed to always be grateful and we're supposed to always be, you know, having positive affirmations and we're supposed to always be loving and kind toward other people. And every time we contrive to do that, what we're doing is that very striving that is just the opposite of what is recommended in so many of our, our sacred texts, one of the most familiar of which to us in the West is cease striving to know that I am God. And I hear that as cease striving. Stop working so hard so that you can know who you are. You are God. That is what Jesus said, remember? Um, he said, has your scriptures not told you that you are God's? And he was referring to a psalm, Psalm 82, 4, I think it is, or maybe 6, that says... I have said, you are gods. So we are. We are divine energy in form. And we each have a unique uh, aspect of that energy. And we are here to fulfill that. And that is the desire. The Jehovah that was Hui, the existing one, Hui that's to be and Hua to desire, that comes down to that is my divine essence. My divine essence is the fulfillment of the energy of desire, my divine self. So we get we get that mixed up. We think that we're so we're so enamored of this whole good evil thing that we're we're splitting it off into negative and positive now, so that we are telling ourselves that we shouldn't have feelings that are really going to bless us and tell us how to find who we are, how to be who we are. So let's say that I get aggravated every time on the way to work, and I find myself you know, going too fast down the highway and jerking the car around and getting mad at all the drivers and getting to work in a really foul mood. What's that all about? 
if I tell myself, well, I just shouldn't feel that way, then I'm not going to know what it's really all about. Um, whether I should or shouldn't feel that way, I'm feeling that way. So what am I going to do with it? You know, negating is not going to help me. So what I need to do is look at it. Okay, what's really going on here? What, what starts this? So then I can pay attention. So I become mindful. I'm, I'm, when the fear, first feeling that makes me want to jerk the car around comes up, I'm going to go, okay, what's this? What started this? What's going on? And then I remember that I was thinking about some aspect of my job that I really hate doing. And so I begin to go, oh, hmm, I'm dreading my job today. That's what's getting me in a foul mood. And as I pay more and more attention to it, I get more and more information about that dread and what it's really all about. Is it about nervousness about performance or is it about the tasks of the job itself? Is it about feelings of inadequacy that I can't do what I've got to do? Or is it about the very tasks of the job itself? Because if it's about the tasks of the job itself, I might need to find a new job. And if it's about inadequacy, I need to look at that. I might need to seek out some training. I might need to talk to some people so that I can delegate to somebody who enjoys that particular task more. There are ways that we can make decisions with this information that we can't make without it. Because we'll just keep doing the same old thing harder. And you know that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same old thing, looking for different results. Yeah. So, this thing about purpose is all about desire. It's all about trusting that your desire is valid. And that is one of the biggest problems we have with desire because we have been taught for so many centuries that we shouldn't be thinking about what we want because that makes us, A, selfish, and B, it means that we are you know, not thinking about other people. We're thinking only about ourselves. We're thinking about desire instead of needs and productivity and serving the world, that kind of thing. So selfish. I call selfish the S word because it is not really useful at all. Everything we do has comes from and is about us. It may also be about other people and for other people because it can also come from true compassion or true empathy. But we also are going to get something out of that. Even if I do something from you that comes out of the purest most essential compassion, I'm still going to get something out of that. I can't remove myself from my actions to prove to you that I'm not selfish. Okay, so the word is useless. It has no merit whatsoever. Uh, Now, are there some people that are highly narcissistic and overly involved in, in, uh, you know, overprotecting themselves to get what they want all the time? Yes, there are. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us living into our truest desires. And so when, when, when we tell ourselves that it's selfish for us to want, to think about what we want, what we're telling ourselves is that um, we shouldn't be authentic people. And if I'm here for any reason at all, if I'm here for any reason at all, it's to be here, to really let me, the essential me, be here. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to measure up to your standard. I'm not here to please society. I'm here to be me. And some of the most noble and essential movers and shakers of our world didn't comply with what society wanted, and they changed the world. So uh, my, my gift to you is not in doing what you want me to do. My gift to you is in being totally true to who I am. 
That's the best, most noble, most highest, most loving gift I can give you. And so when we tell ourselves we're selfish to, get, to, to want what we want, then what we're really saying is, I shouldn't be who I came here to be. Okay, so there's that. Then there's there, the idea that there's this mystique that says our needs and our productivity come before our desires. Desires, they go on the back burner, but I mean, you got to survive, man, right? You got to eat. You got to sleep. You got to have a place to sleep. You got to have a roof over your head. You got to feed the family. Come on. You, you can't be messing around in your desires, right? Well, Joseph Campbell said it follow your bliss and the bliss will follow. I mean, the money will follow, excuse me. So, what he meant by that is that as you are fulfilling yourself, you, the world will notice and you will manifest what you need. And it's very similar to one of the things that Jesus said and several other Buddha and, uh, and uh, the Bhagavad Gita, they all say the same thing, which is that our supply is already there for us. We just have to open our eyes to it and see it. So Jesus said, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got will take care of itself. God's going to take care of you. Jesus said it that way. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita said it slightly differently. The Buddha said it slightly differently. But basically they're saying is settle down, cease striving, and know that you're going to be taken care of. So... We don't have to be all striving to get our needs met. We can get in touch with our desires. We have permission from the divine to get in touch with our desires and to live them. But live the authentic desires, not those that we get confused with authentic desires. So that's it for today. Our purpose, uh, the idea of this show was to talk about purpose. And we have done that and uh, we have talked about how purpose and desire are the same thing, and intention means to fulfill your heart. So we're going to be back next week with more on Authentic Living. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.